Hello, and welcome to Crack Encrypteds and Curios. This is Matt, once again, joined by Angel. And believe it or not, Angel, this is our season finale, where we are looking at the legendary entity known as the Sandman. It's hard to put into words. An intro to the season six finale of Crack Encrypteds and Curios. So I figured... We would let this season's theme of absurd AI usage uh, to take the helm once again and see what we get. So, Angel, I asked Bard to provide me ten ways to say this is the final episode of the season for our show, and it suggests these. So let's get your opinion on the on the best ones. Number one, this is the episode where we find out if if the cryptids were real all along or if or if we've all been wasting our time. <laughs> we've been all wasting our time with this. I, it would have been better as if the cryptids were real all along or if they were the friends we made along the way. <laughs> God damn it. And I knew that was going to show up somewhere. <laughs> Number two. This is the episode where the hosts finally have to explain all the plot holes they've created over the past five seasons. Can you think of a single plot hole? We have no plot holes. Come no. on. <laughs> Do we have a plot? <laughs> this is the episode where the hosts get to finally let loose and have some fun now that they don't have to worry about recording any more episodes. Does that even make sense? Yes. I haven't had fun <laughs> since we started this whole thing. <laughs> We're supposed to be having fun? <laughs> finally get out of these chains that I'm shackled to. This is the episode where we say goodbye to our favorite cryptid hunters for a few months, or maybe even forever. <laughs> I mean, death is a possibility. <laughs> I, I like how this one implies we shuffle off the digital coil. <laughs> maybe the mortal one, too. <laughs> this is the episode where we finally find out what happens to the cryptid that's been haunting the host for the past five seasons. <laughs> I, I think this one's creepy because how did the AI know about that? <laughs> it's the one haunting us. Lobe. <laughs> liminal, or not liminal space. What the hell's the thing that lobes in? It's liminal, the something. The late, latent space. Latent space. Latent space. Yeah. This is the episode where the hosts try to cram as much cryptid hunting and curiosity exploring into 45 minutes as humanly possible. <laughs> Clearly, that doesn't know our show thinking we're going to be 45 minutes. Yeah, I, I was thinking this is just plain wrong. A 45-minute recording is a failed one. This one's going to be like six hours. <laughs> this is the episode where the cliffhanger ending is so crazy, you'll be screaming at your podcast app. I believe we will be screaming, too. Two hours into the mic. <laughs> like, uh, uh no. This is the episode where the show's creators finally reveal their master plan for the podcast. If we revealed <laughs> it now, then no one will want to listen to the next season. Come on. Yeah. Don't want to give that up. That's why the only reason people come back. <laughs> this is the episode where the show jumps the cryptid. I think it already did when it made up this idiom. <laughs> no. Is is jump the shark the like most recent idiom ever created in reference to happy days? Please don't make me modernize another idiom. <laughs> now we're deep frying. <laughs> this is the episode where you'll be glad you subscribed because screw those other episodes. 
I I would hope that it wasn't this episode that makes anyone glad they subscribed. <laughs> this far you know, in. You don't have high hopes for this one? <laughs> oh, just this far into the show. Yeah. Have you made it this far in? <laughs> They're like, finally, this is the one. <laughs> this, after six seasons, I'm subscribing. That's my that's my criteria. <laughs> I mean, I'm speechless. So, without further ado, we have the culmination here of what all of our listeners have been waiting for patiently. The final goals we have for each other. The accumulation of all these goals will provide us with what uh, what we need to finally shed our idiot slob skins and be prepared to enter the year 2024 as new people. I know I've learned so, so much about myself with these goals and I, I just... I just can't wait to see what how this all ends. So please, what is your first goal for me? This is it, Matt. We have reached the end of our improvement. What final more, destination? What more can we possibly get done in this small amount of time? It just so happens that we have achieved near transcendence. <laughs> that means that for your goals, you will have to combine all of your newly gained aptitudes to be the best you can be and display your prowess. The goals are wide open and open to interpretation, so it's up to you to decide what they mean. Are you ready? <laughs> the first goal... Well, this is strange. It just says, feed your dog some beans. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I have to feed my dog beans? Yep. Straight from the can? Straight from the can. The whole can? The whole can. I'm writing it down. <laughs> Just one can, or can I go, like, multiple? Can I feed it so many beans, like, its intestines fall out? You you need to feed it all the beans just so it doesn't so that it doesn't get hungry again. <laughs> that's, one, that's a filler food. Just fill them up. <laughs> What does this even mean? What, what, that's the goal of this. <laughs> uh, my first goal for you, <laughs> feed your dog beans. Wow. <laughs> What's the answer to that? <laughs> so movies have been a constant go-to as a tool of reference on this show from the, from the very beginning. To tie this into bettering yourself for the next year, I start off, Angel, with the idea that sometimes we need to indulge ourselves, treat ourselves. And today I am treating myself with this goal. Now, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring is my favorite all-time movie and has been since the day I saw it in theaters when it released. I laughed, I cried, and Angel, I was scared. Scared by one of the greatest scenes in all of cinema. When Frodo is reunited with Bilbo Baggins in Rivendell and Frail, old Bilbo provides a gift for Frodo, the Mithril armor. He goes, <laughs> Mithril, he says, as light as a feather and as hard as dragon scales. Let, let, me, let me see you put it on. Come on. And then he sees, he sees it. Oh, my, my old ring. Oh, I, sh I, sh I should very much like to hold it again one last time. So, and then Frodo like is put off by this, and he starts to button up his shirt because he's just gonna take his shirt off in front of his uncle. And and then it happens. Bilbo lunges, and he goes ah! <laughs> and then he goes oh, oh, 
Oh, I'm so I'm sorry I brought this upon you, my boy. I'm sorry that you must carry this burden. I'm sorry for everything. So you have to reenact the scene and the Bilbo scream somewhere in this episode. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. It just so happens that that is my favorite scene. <laughs> but by the way, for our curiosities who can't see us. Matthew is wearing the most highly detailed Kelsey Grammar mask. <laughs> it is so finely detailed that when I first uh, started this call with him, I was confused. I was like, whoa, Kelsey Grammar, what are you doing here? <laughs> it's, it's really obscuring my view, and I feel like Leatherface. <laughs> uh, so, with that being said... I think it's time for your next goal. <clears throat> Let me see if I can do this right. Be professional. I know you recognize those iconic notes, Matt. It's the song Mr. Sandman by the Cordettes. The first verse goes, Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Give him two lips like roses and clover. Then tell him that his lonesome nights are over. Why am I telling you all this? Well, the thing is, your goal, Matt, is to rewrite this first verse so that you're asking Mr. Sandman what your dream ought to look like. And then you're going to perform it to us. <laughs> I, have to, I have to ask him what my dream would be? Yes. It's only fitting. My second goal for you, and this is, for all purposes, our Halloween episode, so what I need from you at some point is to tell a scary story. <laughs> God. How do we define scary story here? Like, <laughs> does it start off scary, but then it ends humorous? Is that considered a scary story? Uh, comedy horror? That's, that's fine. Excellent. <laughs> or if it's some, like... 1820s Penny Dreadful, like, the sun went down, so it was spooky, and that's the end of that story. <laughs> Man, I told all my scary stories in our in our uh, Bloody Mary episode. <laughs> I don't remember a single one, so you can tell them all <laughs> over again. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the story of, of the black-eyed kids again. <laughs> oh, no. Chad? <laughs> Chad, yes. <laughs> All right. For your third goal, Frilch Dravu has been summoned. <laughs> Frilch Dravu has been summoned due to our achieving near transcendence, and he wants you, specifically, he wants you to create a 1700s-style joke that must make him laugh. You want to guarantee his laughter? Do it in Jay Leno's voice. For those of you unaware to uh historical comedy uh frilch dravu is a is a entity in the time of benjamin franklin that uh, it's like some weird man turkey uh it's something you can look up oh yeah it's my turn <laughs> <laughs> number three as at the end of the goals here, we finally made it. As a capstone to all of this, I will 
I will give you this bit of wisdom as my Kelsey grammar face <laughs> falls off. To anyone out there that needs you know, help with a, with a job interview, drop this little nug at the end. So when I was obtaining my teaching certificate, I learned of an educational concept known as reflective learning. It's a, it's a fancy phrase that people fawn over and think you are saying something very informative and introspective. So the idea of reflective learning is at the end of the day, you look back at all the things you perceive as doing inefficiently, not well enough, or just even incorrectly, or you sucked at it, and you identify what transpired so you may correct it. Thus, by correcting on a daily level, you aren't doomed to keep repeating the same mistakes and you are learning uh, really more about yourself in the process. I have never once applied that to this show because I'm an idiot slob and so now, now it's your chance, Angel. I need you to use the concept of reflective learning in relation to the past season of goals and tell yourself, myself, and our curiosities what went wrong, and could you have done better? Okay. Could I have done better, or what could I have done better? Either. All of the above. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. <laughs> what could have gone better? Probably not having this season would have been in the interest of everyone. <laughs> Best interest. So, der Sandman kommt. The Sandman is coming. Are you ready? Ich bin bereit. I screwed that German up, but that's I am ready in German. Are you a jelly donut? <laughs> do it. Hey, do it in JFK's voice. Ich bin ein. I can't even. <laughs> I, I I can't even remember what it was. <laughs> ich bin ein Berliner. Ich, what? Ich bin ein Berliner. Ich, ich bin yeah. I burn burn burn. I can't even say it. <laughs> Stroking out. <laughs> Come on, JFK, get it together. Well, my brain's not what it used to be. <laughs> God, that's a bad joke. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. Uh, over the past... <laughs> that was like a minute of JFK jokes. That's a biodome thing. Last few... <laughs> What'd you say? That's a biodome thing. <laughs> Probably short. R.I.P. Over the last few years, we have looked at a proverbial cornucopia of mythological, legendary, folkloric, supernatural, and paranormal entities. The common thread amongst them is that we are always looking for evidence that they exist outside of stories or eyewitness accounts. Physical evidence that an entity has done something in our reality and interacted with a person. This brings us to the strange situation of the Sandman, a folkloric entity where we attribute something mundane as evidence to his very existence. Evidence that he visited you while you slept, which I mean, let's get real. That is not a time to be dropping in on people and leaving evidence that you were standing over them as you slept. So this evidence is, of course, the eye crusties we can get after sleeping. Crusties that we attribute to the Sandman visiting us. So, Angel, what the hell are eye crusties? Well, according to the Internet, they might be a life-threatening disease. <laughs> what? <laughs> Or they could just be an accumulation of mucus, tears, and skin while you slept. <laughs> Am I dying as I sleep? <laughs> Possibly, yes. <laughs> fragments of my soul escaping my eyes. Or maybe it's just the Sandman leaving uh, evidence behind. What a jerk. Who? 
That's like an Austin Powers. Who throws a shoe? It's like, who puts something in somebody's eyes as they sleep? <laughs> Similar in nature to Santa. Why do you think we have such an attachment to entities that visit us while we sleep? I think it's a fun game. Like, people are like, ooh, somebody's coming down the chimney or somebody's going in through the window while I'm asleep. That's exciting. <laughs> Except not. I'm, That's I'm exciting. Be terrified. <laughs> I don't understand why people would want this. <laughs> I want the man that puts stuff in my eyes to come into my room through my windows every night <laughs> and and do what exactly i don't know it's never really explained <laughs> everything does every does it all it's the miracle man oh God. we we looked at another entity another sleep entity this season that of sleep demons are sleep demons in league with the sandman or are they enemies friend or foe angel i think they're two sides of the same coin the same thing yeah, I, I believe the sleep demon and maybe uh, um, the Sandman are the same thing. You get the sleep demon when when you've been bad or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's like Santa. It's like you but... get the paddle. <laughs> you get the sleep demon when you've been bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if we threw, say, Smokey the Bear into the mix, who comes out on top in those three foes? Does Smokey have his shovel? Of course. That's part of his body. I mean, I I think... I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but I believe Smokey the Bear is, is kind of a pacifist. Pretty much pretty much a hippie, you know? He's just asking people to put out their fires, man. He doesn't want to fight anybody. What is this? Um, sure, with his back up against the wall, I'm sure he'd throw down, but... I think in our scenario before, you sucker punched Smokey the Bear. Exactly. Exactly. He's he doesn't want to hurt anybody. The only way to get him is to sucker punch him because you feel bad just throwing the punch straight at his face because he's not going to stop it. <laughs> at least with a sucker he's punch, he's going to take it. He's going to take it on the chin. <laughs> yes, that's why. At least with a sucker punch, you can think to yourself. Oh, he didn't see it coming. And that's why he didn't stop me. <laughs> but does does the Sandman have the ultimate, like, brawler technique? of He's got the pocket sand, and it's going to put you to sleep. Well, there's nothing that says that the Sandman could put bears to sleep. It's nothing that says he doesn't. <laughs> does, does he control the sleep of everyone, then? Of everything? <laughs> everyone and everything. I assume so. Why wouldn't he? Except for fish. <laughs> or anything that I don't know. I don't is there something like that, a shark? <laughs> are there things that don't sleep? I don't I don't know. They keep moving when they're sleeping. Yeah, that's like a albatross. Yeah, it's weird. I I'm gonna have to confer with the, the salmon on this. If he puts animals to sleep. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'll ask him in my dream. Maybe we should Maybe we Maybe we should uh, uh, write a whole book on this. You know, get get up, get in, get up there with the with that uh, dude who wrote that Homer didn't the see the Man. color blue. Oh, <laughs> or that <laughs> the color blue. Oh, the 
the former prime minister yes. of, of England. Yeah, just just write a whole treatise on on why uh, uh, the Sandman puts animals to sleep or doesn't. I don't know which position we're choosing. We argue both sides, <laughs> and we always come out on top. <laughs> so. In essence, we have a sleep entity that visits at night to potentially assist us in falling asleep, keeping us asleep, providing us dreams, or even inducing nightmares. But what does this man look like? It's it's not like we can see him since we are asleep when he comes. But I'd like to, to put a face to the man who keeps breaking into my damn room and puts grains of sand in my eyes and my eye nooks each night. So please, describe the possible appearance of the Sandman. Well, it might might be the case that my uh, description of him has been uh, marred or or tarnished or biased, really, because of the Sandman Sandman graphic novels slash Netflix TV show by Neil Gaiman. I can only describe to you what he looks like. Which is a skinny, tall, brooding, very pale man with Tim Burton-esque hair. Oh, yeah, Tim Burton. (laughs) Made me think of Johnny Depp. Exactly. It's pretty Mm -hmm. much Johnny Depp before he was bad. (laughs) Like a bad bad man or like a a bad actor? Before, you know, the whole public... uh, Oh. Fallout situations. <laughs> Do you remember when that occurred? People are like taking sides. Like I'm Team Depp. I'm Team Amber. It's like my God. It's just two people. Yeah, and 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 it's you know in the end everyone did not come out on top. So no, I mean the whole whole situation shat the bed. So I found a play called BB, a comedy of toys. <laughs> Published in 1903, a comedy of toys, in 1903, and it has this description of the Sandman, which I feel is the quintessential appearance. And it's from 1903, so it has to be correct. It's a good year (laughs) for plays for children. The Sandman is a very tall... uh, (laughs) I quoted this oddly. The Sandman is very tall, assumes quick... A gliding walk and quiet, reposeful manner should be able to sing tenor, which is good, I guess, for play purposes and just in life in general. It goes on saying, uh, reading, complexion of ashen white, heavy, shaggy eyebrows with a costume of tights of light atmospheric gray, atmospheric gray, tight-fitting tunic high in the neck of soft cloth to match tights, the edge being cut all around in deep points and hanging from each point a silver star, a tight-fitting hood-shaped cap of same color as tights and tunic should come low down on the forehead closely encircling the face and buttoned tightly under the chin. A sleeping cap that buttons? The top of the cap is cut peak shape, which hangs loosely back like a dwarf cap with a silver star hanging from the end of peak. Hanging from behind the shoulders is a long cape, the same color as tunic, cut into deep points all around, with a star hanging from each point. 
slippers of a light gray with long upturned points and pointed toes. He's got pointy <laughs> shoes. The Sandman's manner and costume is to give the appearance of the supernatural and mystic. So, we have the Merlin of sleeping, it appears, but why don't we use sleeping caps anymore? Did Ebenezer Scrooge ruin them? I didn't even realize Ebenezer Scrooge... Well, I guess... I, I, it's not the first person I think of when I think of sleeping caps. <laughs> it is for me. <laughs> and he's got his sleeping outfit on, his gown. But, yeah. And he yells out, like, is it, what day is it, lad? <laughs> but I agree. Why don't we use sleeping caps anymore? And and we put out the candle at the end uh, when we go to bed. <laughs> at the end of the night, Jim, we got a bed candle. Yeah. <laughs> our our bed uh, Michael Sarah, <laughs> the wax man. Wax man. I guess you can bring it back. Just start wearing. No one's stopping us from wearing sleeping caps. Well, that's that's the thing, though. When it comes to nightwear, how do you make that a trend again? <laughs> like nobody's watching you, <laughs> except the Sandman. I mean, I guess you can make commercials and, go, and be like, he comes in and he's like, "Whoa, this guy's rocking a sleeping cap." Maybe. Maybe that's maybe we need to bring back sleeping caps so that we can engage with the Sandman again. It would he would he would see the the sleeping cap and go hark. <laughs> <laughs> I remember these. <laughs> yep, that would be the end of it. Is there anything in that description that really jumps out at you of how he is perceived or how he dresses? A lot of stars and pointy things. I mean, I guess the and tight clothes, tall, <laughs> tall, really tight, snug, tall, and and, and at complexion of ashen white, kind of similar to what I said. Yep, a tall, gaunt man. Even I think the pointy shoes is a bit weird. Very like elf-like. Yeah, they're upturned points. Like it's almost goofy. Like Arabian <laughs> in in nature. I'm surprised you didn't say they'd have bells at the ends. Uh huh. <laughs> Wake everybody up with his bells. <laughs> What was your experience with Sandman stories when when you were younger? Did did he ever get brought up as an entity by your parents? Was it ever a thing? Not at all. There was, you know, we had the the regular the boogeyman type where it's like if you don't go to bed, this is gonna happen. But there's never like a Sandman to come by and sprinkle whatever the hell. <laughs> Put sand in your face. Put sand in your face. I don't know. It's strange. When you think about it. I don't want a strange man <laughs> sprinkling anything on me when I go to bed. And then he just stealthily sneaks out of the house and giggling to himself. I got another. <laughs> or does he? I mean, he's putting you to sleep. He's probably going to hang around for some reason. <laughs> What's he going to do? Hey. I don't know. Starts playing with your toys. Maybe. Eating your food. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I think the Sandman character is, is a lot more dangerous than we uh, made him out Give to him be. credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> it, so is he inherently like more devious to you than Santa? He wasn't until I started researching him. <laughs> <laughs> then you found out, oh shit, this guy's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a wacko. Well, with that in mind, was the Sandman always presented as a good entity? Like, was there ever an indication that this was something that should be feared? I don't know. I, it's like, there's not a lot of, from what I found, there wasn't much mention. It was just, 
European lore of the Sandman that puts you to sleep, but then there's been like mentions of him just being friendly and then others of him being bad. Some worse than others, I guess. Or in one instance, at least, there's he's more like a Santa in the, in the sense that he'll treat you good or bad depending on whether you've been naughty or nice, right? How's he, how's he keeping track of that? Does he just know? Is that one of his powers? He just knows if you've been naughty or nice? I mean, if he... If Santa has a list and the Sandman doesn't, then that means the Sandman's already better than Santa. Because <laughs> he doesn't need the list. Exactly. He just remembers it all. Yeah. I guess you would have to have a list because nobody's stronger than Santa. Come on. <laughs> before before we go on, I have to uh, open this can to feed my dog some <laughs> beans. Got that. Check that one off my list. The whole the whole can. The whole can. <laughs> ass is gonna fall out <laughs> so many beans i ask that question because in all my time i've never even heard like the, the notion that the sandman could be something besides a benevolent spirit or entity but the the book giants monsters and dragons an encyclopedia of folklore legend and myth by carol rose drops this bomb to shatter my naive childhood says Sandman, this is the name of a fearsome nursery boogie in the late 18th and early 19th centuries in England. The Sandman was a vicious and terrifying ogre who came during the night to throw handfuls of coarse sand into the eyes of children who would not go to sleep. When the eyes of the screaming children were rubbed, they dropped out uh, they dropped out all bloody on the floor, meaning the eyes. The Sandman gathered these eyes to take in his sack as food for his long-beaked progeny nesting in the crook of the crescent moon. She then references this as the image of the Sandman in E.T.A. Hoffman's 1870s story, Dare Sandman. Compt. <laughs> so, I, I'm, what the hell? An ogre with fistfuls of sand. I, I, I didn't want to assume... I knew what an ogre was, so I went to her ogre entry, and it reads, This is a name given in folklore to a particular class of giant. In general, an ogre is a gigantic humanoid male of very, very little intellect. I don't know why they're always male. <laughs> enormously strong bulk. How do they reproduce? Cannibal tendencies and easily outwitted by a clever human. What do you, what do you make of that? Do you enjoy eye-eating ogre sandman i mean only if he sounds like uh mike myers <laughs> as shrek shrek isn't that, isn't that what shrek is an ogre um yep <laughs> donkey <laughs> it's funny you say uh, eye-eating ogre because i'm reminded of of this story of this lady who lives in a farm and she's going to leave to go to the city. She's going to do her sh grocery shopping. And so she steps out. She's got her money in her hand. She gets on the... Is this a scary story? Possibly. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm already afraid of what's going to happen to this woman. Um, her, her name is Linda, by the way. Why do you need to know this? I don't know. Maybe it comes back in the future. Or maybe it doesn't. Anyway. So she's on her path, on the path, you know, she she's 
just this poor farmer woman. So she only she keeps her money. Uh, <laughs> a, a peasant farmer. A peasant farmer. <laughs> so she only she's got her hand like her, her her money in her hand, grasping it. She doesn't have a purse or anything, and um, she hears some noises behind her. So she looks back, and she sees this gigantic floating head. What? <laughs> gigantic eyeballs and tiny little body just trailing behind kind of following her and his and then she's like you know she 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 puts her hands up and she's like oh my god what is this oh, no, and she turns she turns around and starts running the same direction and um and then she looks back and she sees the thing is now like coming after her its hands are outstretched and she's like oh my god <laughs> she's she keeps running She's uh, huffing and puffing, and and she she lives far from the city, so she's she doesn't know what to do because it's like I don't know I can't escape this thing. She keeps looking back; the thing's still behind her, and it's actually gained on her. And she's like, "Oh no, this is it! My life ends because this gigantic body floating thing is gonna eat me or kill me or something. I don't know what's going on." And finally, she's tired and she can't keep running anymore. She just stops and she turns around and she embraces her fate. And the thing finally reaches up to her and and says, excuse me, miss, you dropped this. And he hands her the money she dropped. <laughs> and she died <laughs> when he stabbed her and took the money back. <laughs> the end. <laughs> My heart was was a pumping. <laughs> that uh, was a, a, a rendition. Not quite exact because I was doing it from memory. From one of the scary stories to tell in the dark books. I don't remember which book it was. All I remember is the art, and it was this gigantic floating head thing. I thought, I thought you were going to say it ended up being a balloon that was going after her <laughs> with this stringy body. There's a balloon floating after her. <laughs> Peasant farmers can't catch a break. That <laughs> was so scary. So we have a literal giant throwing a fistful of sand at your face. How much sand is that? So Robert Wadlow, who is often attributed to be the tallest man ever at over 8 feet tall, had hands that were 12.75 inches long, or 32.3 centimeters long. In terms I understand, that's half an adult porcupine in length for hands. Human hands. Giant ogre hands, because we know it's a classification of a giant. Giant ogre hands would be even bigger. So would this not be like a bucket's worth of sand being tossed at your eyes? It just knocks you out. You're getting hit with that much sand. If you're getting hit with that much sand, aren't you just, aren't you just getting get covered in it? <laughs> you get buried. Is it buried? You take yeah. your eyes. <laughs> the most absurd crime scene ever. You just walk in and there's just a wheelbarrow's worth of sand on the floor next to a dead kid. What the hell happened here? <laughs> and like, sir, he got hit in the face with that much sand. <laughs> Think of what night horse could do. <laughs> what if, what if it was a bunch of ogres that accidentally killed a, a boy? So they all agreed to throw sand at him, so they would all be complicit. The <laughs> Sandman version of the Mothman movie from <laughs> episode two. <laughs> We're all a part of this murder. <laughs> we have various descriptions of the Sandman that could be out there, but this also begs the question, is it the Sandman or a 
Sandman. So what's your opinion on this much debated topic? Well, I got to tell you, I am undecided as well because I found a website that basically uh, its description says as an archetype. So it's listing the Sandman as an archetype. A Sandman is an entity who is either a spirit or deity who is able to make people sleep and influence dreams by sprinkling sand in their eyes or in more general terms, a being able to control, manipulate all matters related to sleep, subconscious, and dreams. In most cases, these type of entities are known for being the embodiment of dreams and or sleep itself. Jesus. Whoa. <laughs> that was a big jump, though. Spirit to deity? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's... And and then and then and then it's like well again is it the Sandman or a Sandman and then you have things like the God of Sleep Morpheus who's also been connected to the Sandman mm-hmm. Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> and yeah I don't know I don't know if I'm thinking it's, it's like it's like a deity like you like I like but more like God like it's many Sandmen but they're all the same one kind of thing like. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my gourd. Crack the case. <laughs> the Sandman is God. <laughs> yup. Uh, what was it? Like the manifestation that is all things dreams? Yeah. I think Jesus. I'm pretty sure that's what the, the Jewish Kabbalah is saying. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. I'm, I am. <laughs> quote. It's going to be the... This, in the summary of this episode, quote Angel. <laughs> this is like the Jewish couple. Uh, I read somewhere along the way in research that there is an idea that each individual person has their own Sandman that comes to them. So this got me thinking, be it man in tights, a hair-fisted ogre, or some dude that looks like Ebenezer Scrooge, this gives us a chance to play... Uh, my voice cracked to play create a sandman if you could please angel knowing some things about how the sandman could look i'm already regretting this because i somehow feel jack black's involved (laughs) please give me your ideal sandman the sandman unique to you and your sleep is he a scary ogre a tall gaunt man or something else (laughs) Frilch Dravu? Please describe what your Sandman would look like. You will regret this because I completely skipped over this question. (laughs) did not see this at all, so I'm making this up as I go right now. (laughs) My ideal Sandman kind of sounds like your goal, doesn't it? (laughs) Well, I guess it's your goal asking the Sandman to bring you a dream. In this case, Mm -hmm. I'm creating the Sandman that visits me. In my sleep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So your unique salmon. What would he, she, it, Ebenezer look like? <laughs> well, for sure, it's definitely going to be wearing a sleeping cap. T- mm. To bring Does, is it buckled to bring me comfort? Yes, yes, it is. Snug on the chin. <laughs> Don't want to lose it. You do a lot of moving in your sleep. <laughs> salmon will hold me down from from keeping. Uh, moving, um, it's gonna like hold you in place like a sleep demon. <laughs> like a sleep demon. I'm telling you, t- two sides of one coin. <laughs> it's gonna sit on your chest. <laughs> the Sandman doesn't have a face. <laughs> Is it shrouded in shadow? Yes. 
Yes. His arms look like a bear, so it's Grendel, basically. <laughs> I was thinking Smokey. Smokey. <laughs> From his hat, the brim of his hat was... I mean, we can cast Smokey the bear to be Grendel. It doesn't... There's no discrimination here. You're... Your Sandman is Grendel from Bale. <laughs> he rips off your arms and eats them in your castle. Yeah, that's how he actually puts me to sleep. Instead of sand in my eyes, he just rips off my arms, and that's that's when I know I'm asleep. When your skin has been flayed off your body. Hmm, time for a snooze. <laughs> with, with this... Season finale. I thought it might be nice to return to our roots a bit. It's been a long while since we've looked at the axiom known as Cotton Eye Joe's Razor. And, well, we're not going to do it in this episode again, but I found this nice proxy in the form of a poem. You can read us, Angel. It comes from the December 31st, 1897 edition of the Iowa State Bystander, a newspaper close to your heart <laughs> the poem is simply titled the sandman oh how does the sandman come and how does the sandman go <laughs> see it works <laughs> does he drop from the sky like a cloud at night does he walk through the streets in broad daylight to visit the high and the low. <laughs> it started to sound like a... It sounded like a beat poet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what does the Sandman do? And why is the Sandman here? Does he carry a sack on his little round back while he scatters the sand with a lavish hand to tell us that sleep time is here? Start scatting. Skip, scop, scoop, scoop, Ah, my dear little children, nobody knows. How the Sandman comes and the Sandman goes. For through, we may wish very much for the sight. When the Sandman comes, we shut our eyes tight. <laughs> Me thrill. Light as a feather. <laughs> and as hard as dragon scales. Let me see you put it on. Come on. <laughs> oh, my old ring. Oh, I... <laughs> I should, should very much like to hold it again one last time. Frodo is put off by this. <laughs> he starts to button up his shirt. And then me as Bilbo. Ah! Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I brought this upon you, my boy. I'm sorry that you must carry this burden. I'm sorry for everything. <laughs> and scene. That was a treat. <laughs> so, pray tell, how does the Sandman come? Very carefully. <laughs> the poem tells us nobody knows. No one knows how he does it. The book, A Dictionary of English Folklore by Jacqueline Simpson, solidifies that at least the author doesn't know where the Sandman comes from because she writes... The first record of the Sandman itself is in a translation of Han Anderson's tales in 1861. So, Simpson refers to a 20 years late translation of Hans Christian Andersen's 1841 Ole Lukoi. The, the previously mentioned E.T.A. Hoffman's Der Sandman was published in 1818, 
And then we like get into an even more convoluted origins of possibly offshooting from Roman mythological figures and concepts. And I'm sure freaking Pliny the Elder like shoved his nose in it at one point too and had something to say about it. But it goes without saying, I think, that Jacqueline Simpson seems just to be wrong in her book. <laughs> the first record, 1861, what? Over time, and especially with Anderson's interpretation of the entity Olo Lacoy, we get a different kind of Sandman entity, but instead of sand, the figure squirts milk into people's eyes. So we've gone from sand to milk. Like, which is worse to have in your eyes? Um, I mean, you can wash out milk. You would know from your milk chugging days, I'm sure you got uh, I, I was, milk in there a lot. Well, I was squirting milk out of my eyes. <laughs> You're laughing so hard. Because um, kind of, you chugged it. You know, if you get milk in your eyes, it's fine. But sand in your eyes, that can scratch a cornea. That's no good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just have to think about Anakin Skywalker. He hates sand. <laughs> it's he, coarse and it gets everywhere. And he drinks blue milk, so. That's his... <laughs> Son, <laughs> Luke. I'm sure the, from the utter. I'm, I'm sure the blue milk was is a a, a, a family a tradition. Family tradition. <laughs> yeah, it's something that everyone does. It's a rite of passage for the Skywalkers. <laughs> Ole Lukoy has some tools besides the milk. I mean, do you need much more than that? But he brings them. <laughs> Under each arm, he carries an umbrella. One of them with pictures on the inside. He spreads over the good children. And then they dream the most beautiful stories the whole night, is, uh, how the book reads. But the other umbrella has no pictures, and this he holds over the naughty children so that they sleep heavily and wake in the morning without having dreamed at all. Sometimes heavily sleeping is good, <laughs> but it's, it's, I guess not here nor there. Did, did you get the nice umbrella or the bad one when you were a child? Were you plagued with nightmares? The bad umbrella means you didn't have any dreams, no? So wouldn't nightmares be getting the good umbrella? I don't I think it would be interpreted that the bad ones like you're not getting you're not getting dreams, you're getting nightmares. Mm. The night terrors. Well, I never woke up from my what people would probably consider nightmares. I thought they were fun, so I'd call those <laughs> dreams. <laughs> you, you saw like Nightmare on Elm Street when we were like three, so. <laughs> well, I did tell you about that one time I had a dream that Freddy was like coming after my friends and we were at some old lady's house and she's telling us the story about Freddy and then we somehow go through, down to her basement. That's where Freddy is and everything's like dripping like in a cavern. And then he's like, <laughs> he's like at the end of, <laughs> of the stairs and he's got my friend like his arms getting stretched out like on a stretcher. He's, and Freddy's like calling me out saying, I, I, I want you, Angel. And I'm like, what? And that's when I wake up. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you teamed up with him <laughs> and, and enjoyed it. <laughs> no. Torturing your friends. No, 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 no. That's absurd. And you became the new Freddy. <laughs> this, this, the new the Freddy Claus. <laughs> you killed him and became <laughs> Freddy. <laughs> You wake up the next morning and you you, you have a sweater, a sweater on. <laughs> Look where this come from. <laughs> you go to brush your teeth and you have the the knives on your hand. <laughs> oh, God. Right itself. <laughs> a 
abducts children on a school bus. It's everyday stuff. <laughs> totally normal. <laughs> so we have this, like, not a weakening of the entity over time, but maybe a more of a softening of an image, a, a boogeyman to what I think today people would call a face spirit or sprite of some sort. In between with Ole Lecoy, we get the milk spraying madness, but Ole Lecoy is pretty much a dream god and is the brother of death. That's kind of hardcore and metal. <laughs> so the story goes with Ole Lecoy explaining to the to a child named Hualmar. He says, I will show you my brother. He is also called Ole Lecoy, but he never visits anyone but once. And when he does come, he takes him away on his horse and tells him stories as they ride along. He knows only two stories. One of these is so wonderfully beautiful that no one in the world can imagine anything at all like it. But the other one is just as ugly and frightful so that it would be impossible to describe it. Then, Ulelekoi lifted Hualmar up to the window. There, now you can see my brother, the other Ulelekoi. He is also called Death. You see, he doesn't look as bad as in the picture books, where he is a skeleton. No, now his coat is embroidered with silver, and he wears the splendid uniform of a hussar, and a mantle of black velvet flies behind him over the horse. A black crepe, maybe? <laughs> look how he gallops along. So what do you think the stories that Death tells are about? One so bad it can't even be described? I imagine it's, uh, you know, death and, and hell, fire, and stuff like that. Are, are the good and bad stories just an allusion to being ushered to heaven and hell? Um, I mean, that's what it sounds like, but I feel like it should be the opposite. Like, if, if you're being told, the, what is it, if you're the bad one? Yeah, the... Yeah, because this doesn't... Anyway, if you get the bad story, I think that should be Death uh, uh, saying the wonderful stuff. So that when you end up going to hell, you're like, hey, this is nothing <laughs> he like... He lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Ole Lukoi. <laughs> the, the bad one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what what a mind game that would be from Ole Lukoi. Why do you suppose they have the same himself. name? I don't know. I guess they're brothers. Are they twin brothers? I don't know. Maybe. maybe. Does the bad one spray milk on you? Does death spray milk? I hope not. Like a a Gallagher set of <laughs> food comedy? Well, I have a theory, actually, on, on maybe not death, but I have a theory on this whole thing. And I think it's a little bit more sinister than than we... I've been led to believe. Are you going to explain it? Yes. <laughs> oh. Here I have. I'm holding the uh, complete fairy tales and stories by Hans Christian Andersen. Oh, is Alea Lacoy in there? It sure is. It's interesting because you read this now with a modern, modern, uh, brain modern ears and and you're like this is strange so first of all the way the stories are the story is set up is that it does a little introduction explaining ole Lukoye, and then it goes on to say how you're going to be told 
a story. I'll read it. It says, Now you shall hear how for a whole week, Lukoya came every evening to a little boy named Helmar and what he told him. So it's it's the, the stories are, are um, sectioned into the days of the week. So you have a Monday story, a Tuesday story, all the way up to Sunday. And the Sunday one is where we, he shows them, you know, death and all that. So this is before Monday. This is the intro. When night comes on and children still sit in good order around the table or on their little stools, Ole Lukoye arrives. He comes upstairs quietly for he walks in his socks. Softly, he opens the door and flick. He sp- he sprinkles sweet milk in the children's eyes. <laughs> just a tiny what a bit. Jackass. <laughs> just a tiny bit, but always enough to keep their eyes closed so they won't see him. He tiptoes behind them and breathes softly on their necks. <laughs> and this makes their heads hang heavy. Oh, yes, but it doesn't hurt them. For Ole Lukoye loves children. <laughs> And only wants them to be quiet and that they are only when they have been put to bed. <laughs> he wants them to be quiet so that he can tell them stories. I'm sorry, but this is all very creepy. <laughs> it's like the only good child is one that's sleeping and quiet. <laughs> and, and it's just the fact that this man, this thing is coming in, sneaking upstairs and blowing on your kids' necks and <laughs> sprinkling sweet milk, whatever that is. As soon as the children fall asleep, Ole Lukoya sits down on the bed beside them. And then Is it, it implied that nobody can see him? It doesn't really say anything about that. It just, it just says he shows up and he's silent, so nobody hears him, I oh, guess. Because of the socks. Because <laughs> of the socks. And then it goes on to describe the, the umbrella thing. So I'll read this part from the Monday story. Actually, is that the one? No. The Monday story is lame. (laughs) (laughs) Screw Monday. Yeah. That's why Garfield hates it. Yeah, it's like Hallmar's writings come to life or something. I don't know. It's it's stupid. (laughs) Is that what his dream is? Yeah. Yeah. Tuesday. As soon as Hallmar was in bed, Ole Lukoye touched all the furniture in the room with his little magic sprinkler. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Why do you touch all the furniture? I don't know. It says, and immediately everything began to talk. So I guess that's how you get well, furniture to infuse things to life with this magic sprinkler. Milk wand. Milk wand, yeah. Euphemisms, I guess. <laughs> and the, the weird thing about the Tuesday story is that it goes on. It's like he's doing weird stuff. He's in a world of fish. And then he f- visits some princesses and princes. And then he says, it says he goes to a town where his nurse lived. She who had carried him in her arms when he was a very small boy and had always been fond of him. She bowed and waved and sang the pretty song which she had made up herself and sent to Hamar. I think of you as often, Hamar, my little dear, as I've kissed your lips so soft and your cheeks and your eyes so clear. I heard your first laughter and weeping, and too soon I heard your goodbyes. May God have you in his keeping, my angel from the skies. Why is this nurse thinking about this boy for so long? What is happening here? He had an impact on her life, but it also sounds like she knows he's dying. (laughs) I'm thinking maybe this is him getting old, and Monday through Sunday is just stages of life. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday is also pretty whatever. He's he's 
A bunch of farm animals. <laughs> I didn't even get that one. Something about a turkey gobbler. <laughs> Frilch Travu. <laughs> yes, it's, it's Frilch. On Thursday, <laughs> Ole Lukoye says, I'll, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Don't be afraid if I show you a little mouse. <laughs> what? <laughs> the wording on this is so weird. <laughs> And he says he he he, ha- he holds out his hand. And there's a little mouse in it, <laughs> and and then he says it's come to ask you to wedding. <laughs> so now Omar and Oya Lukoy- Ole Lukoya go to a mouse wedding, and Ole uh, 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 shrinks Omar down. Apparently, he oh, says they got to be small to attend the wedding. Yeah, Omar says, "How can I get through that little mouse hole in the floor?" <laughs> And then Ola says, leave that to me. I'll make you small enough. And then he touched Hallmar with his magic sprinkler. So is it is it Ole that has the power or is it the sprinkler? I mean, I'm thinking his magic sprinkler is connected to him. Because if, if, <laughs> if you were able to disarm him and get the sprinkler, get the would sprinkler. you have all his powers? I don't know. I mean, maybe... And then fr- the Friday story is weird because it's uh, it starts with Ole saying, it's astounding how many older people are anxious to get a hold of me. <laughs> it's a, I'm astounded by it, he says. He, he basically says how old people have trouble going to sleep and they're always pleading to me. We can't mm-hmm. close our eyes. We lie awake all night facing our wicked deeds, which sit on the edge of our beds like ugly little friends and soak us in hot perspiration. <laughs> they got they got the sleep demons. <laughs> And then he's and then Homer's like, "What are we doing tonight?" And he says, uh, "We're going to another wedding." <laughs> Hans was like, "I can't think of anything else but another wedding." <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't understand the purpose of these stories. The Saturday story is the funniest one because Homer says, "Shall we have some stories?" And Ole Lukoy is like, "There's no time for that." <laughs> There's no time for it. That's what you've all you've done. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. He says it's this this is this is the weirdest one. He says there's no time for that and he spreads the umbrella open and he says just look at these china men. <laughs> oh no. So we got the one with the pictures. Yeah. He's a good boy. Why are we looking at Chinese people? I don't know. <laughs> just cuz there wasn't any time to go anywhere. <laughs> just like just, like, just just deal with just, it, kid. Just look at this thing. <laughs> And then uh, Homer's got a great-grandfather painting in his room, and it starts to speak. And and um, Ole, Ole Lukoy was like, oh, Sunday's a holiday, and I've got to make sure the, the goblins on the church or the gargoyles on the church are polishing the bells and making sure, you know, all these um, things are in their proper places. And... Then we would have too many falling stars for one uh, after another would come tumbling down because the stars weren't getting polished. So the painting, the great-grandfather painting says, Hey, stars can't be taken down and polished. The stars are worlds too, just like the Earth. <laughs> and, and, and Ole Lukoy basically says, Yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Now shut up. <laughs> and, and, the story, and the Saturday story ends with uh, the, the portrait saying, Well... It seems one can't even express an opinion these days. <laughs> is that 
Is that a Fraser joke? <laughs> <laughs> then the Sunday one is where we uh, finally um, he shows. <laughs> His death's coming. His death. Uh, Ola Lukoye. The other Luk- Ola Lukoye. Hey, look, go look at death. And then Homer's like, wow, he's the prettiest. <laughs> and um, and he's like, I'm not afraid of him. And Ola's like, yeah, you, you, you don't need to be. You just got to make sure you have a good report card. Because apparently you have a report card when you die. And you got to show it to, to this other Ola Lukoye. And if it's good, then you get the good story and, and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. So, so, so Ola's like, yeah, only, uh, you don't have to be afraid of him. Just make sure you have a good report card. And then out of nowhere, the great grandfather portraits chimes in and says, that's instructive. It certainly helps to speak one's mind. And that's how it ends. <laughs> we never find out if you had a good report card or not. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm telling you getting, getting milk sprinkled in your eyes, sweet milk. Not a fan. Not a fan of that at all. It it leads me to start thinking now that if I had a scenario <clears throat> where Ole Lacoy appeared to me, say like on a Tuesday night, and I had to ask him what what my dream would be, and he would appear in the the, the grandfather picture I have on my wall. It's not my grandfather, just a, some dude, and he starts going do 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 do, and then the Sandman cometh. And my dream would be to be Bilbo Baggins <laughs> and meet with Frodo to rejoin with my my nephew. And we'd be talking and I'd see the gift I gave him years ago. <laughs> and and I, would, I would have a new gift for him because I'm a really good uncle. And I would go... <laughs> Mithril, as light as a feather and as hard as dragon scales. Let me see you put it on. Come on. And I'd see it. My eyes would bulge and I'd go, oh, my, my, my old ring. I, I, I very much like to hold it again one last time. And my nephew would be put off by this because I'm being really aggressive with this gift I gave him. And he starts buttoning up his shirt and I'd lose control. I'd lunge at him and go, ah! And <laughs> I feel sorrowful and I go, oh, I'm sorry I brought this upon you, my boy. I'm sorry that you must carry this burden. I'm sorry for everything. And that would be my dream. Wow. <laughs> so so what you're saying is that your dream would be going, uh, becoming Bilbo. And then and then trying to give your nephew this gift. Where you're like, hey, Mithril. <laughs> yes, that'd be my dream. I forgot it. Can you keep going? <laughs> Ugh, this mask is really making my face sweat and feel uncomfortable. <laughs> just fill the rest of the episode with just this stupid scene. He's going back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> so we have in front of us the Sandman who is the manifestation of a cautionary tale for children. Go go to sleep or your eyes will be carved out of your head and fed to bird creatures on the goddamn moon. 
or some dude's going to squirt milk in your eyes and breathe on your neck. Is it the milk or the breathing that puts him to sleep? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This hat has me thinking, Angel. Besides milk and sand, what would be the top five worst things, and I regret saying this, to have put in your eyes if the Sandman caught you not sleeping? <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, this is going to be... It's not bad. It's not bad. So, the top five things. I mean, there's a lot of things I don't want in my eyes, right? Fingers? <laughs> Dirty <laughs> fingers, <laughs> but those are bonuses. For my list, for specific list, I wrote number five: salt water or salty water. Any salt, basically. I don't want salt in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> number four: leeches. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. I've never thought about it ever in my life, but now that you say it, that would be an unfortunate thing for the Sandman to throw into your eyes. <laughs> Just he had some leeches. Does he keep them in his sack on his round back? Oh man, does he just have them on his body? <laughs> They're bloodletting him, and he he just takes them off. Here, kid. <laughs> Throws leeches in your eyes. Uh, um, number three, Jack Black circle the mummy. <laughs> the mu- what? You know, whatever Jack Black was doing doing when, <laughs> the, when mummy- the mummy was filmed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not being in that movie. <laughs> I just don't want that in my eyes, I guess. Freedom <laughs> at the end of your bed. That's what that answer was. <laughs> well, I had that or ground up mummies, which I don't know. Ooh, ground, <laughs> the ground up alien mummies from yeah. Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, so number two, what I one of the worst things to put in my eyes if the Sandman caught me not sleeping is barred AI chat responses. The chat AI it yeah. can't help you with that. And uh, number one is smaller eyes from other eye, other children <laughs> that you're taking them from. <laughs> maybe, maybe other animals. I don't know. Oh, some nice like frog eyes. <laughs> Just starts <laughs> thumbing them in. Ill. <laughs> yeah, ill. How many eyes do you think you could fit in before some real damage occurs? <laughs> Um, I would assume that I would just absorb it and then be able to see it out of those eyes. Yep. <laughs> that's how that's how the human body works, right? Yep. Just <laughs> consume it through osmosis, and you have more eyes. Why haven't we done this before? Just like creating a homunculus. It reminds me of <laughs> the, that list. It reminds me of. <laughs> This time, that's Filch Dravu showed up and I had to tell him a joke, or else he was going to consume me, but <laughs> shit my eyes. And I thought of the joke, the best gorilla joke of the year, and it's it went on gorilla. I have to do this as Jay Leno. <laughs> did you hear? Did you hear about the gorilla who escaped from the zoo? <laughs> and the zookeeper says. 
no, I did not. And the gorilla goes, that is because I am a quiet gorilla. And then there's, and then <laughs> there's muffled sounds of gorilla violence. <laughs> gorilla violence. <laughs> that wasn't enough for him. So then I summoned Jay Leno again. And I said, I said to Frilch, 19% of doctors say, did you hear about this? 19% of doctors say that they'll be able to give their patients lethal injections. <laughs> but they also went on to say, get this, that the patient would have to be really, really behind on payments. <laughs> Jay Leno comedy. The, the head bobble. <laughs> I didn't realize I was doing it. <laughs> so, uh, I figured before we wrap this all up for the end of the season, Angel, we might die and it never comes back. <laughs> like the AI predicts. This uh, would be a sour note if one of us dies now, though. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if it, if it gets me out of these goals, <laughs> please, other uh, Ole Lukoi, come visit me. End of the goals. This would be a good spot to get a a final comparison of AI writing to the human writing experience to put an end to our AI theme for the season. Because if you recall, in the Kentucky Meat Shower episode, we saw how absurd the AI wrote a play about those events where it even referenced the event in a historical sense as it was occurring. (laughs) What the hell was that about, AI? So I was able to find a play about the Sandman from the 1930s called Best Primary Plays, 30 Dramatizations for Little Folks. I assume they mean kids, but it was the 30s, so you you don't know. But it was titled William and the Sandman, and it can give us a a primary source, a primary look into how the Sandman was viewed 90 years ago. So there are several parts in William and the Sandman that we will read through here. The characters are, believe it or not, William, (laughs) the Sandman, uh, mother, father, factory manager there's children that work at the factory there's an eskimo girl and baby and then there's native african children so i'll be playing the role of william and (laughs) angel's gonna play everybody else (laughs) yes i signed up for this (laughs) and i'll read the uh stage directions stage directions and prompts part one time evening place william's room discovered william in bed crying enter mother and father mother you see daddy here's our naughty boy who would not go to school today father what does not want to go to school turning Turning to william (laughs) Don't you want to grow up to be a fine man? Don't you want to help 
daddy someday? <laughs> Me thrill. William. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, I do. But I don't want to go to school. Then how are you going to learn to read and write? I don't want to read and write. And sing and draw and play like the other children. Just think of poor children in the far east. In the cold north. and the cold north and the hot south. They cannot go to school. And they want to go. Well, I wish I lived up there. Son, when you grow up, you will be sorry. <laughs> Good night, William. You make us very sad. <laughs> what a way to say goodnight to your son. <laughs> Exuant father and mother calling. Good night. <laughs> Enter Sandman carrying a bag of sand on his round back. William. Throwing sand in William's eyes. Would you like to go to the Far East with me? <laughs> Is he a surfer, dude? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to be like a oh, 90s uh, drug. Uh, <laughs> hey, kid, want to fly? <laughs> Should be a beat poet again. <laughs> Do the children go to school there? Not many. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's go right away. Part two, oh place <laughs> silk factory in Japan discovered children working at silk looms. Manager saying, faster, faster, lazy people. As he walks around inspecting their work. Is this George States? <laughs> <laughs> Enter Sandman leading William. Manager, have you brought me a new boy? Yes. This boy does not <laughs> like his own country because children have to go to school there. He wants to try the Far East. <laughs> Here's a place. Get busy. See? Do like this. Shows William how to weave. <laughs> William works slowly as manager continues walking around calling... Faster! Faster, lazy people! Striking one boy on the shoulder. Cracks him. I'm, I'm tired. May I rest for a while? Rest? Children work here. They don't rest. What's the matter? Don't you like it here? <laughs> no. I would rather try another place. All right. <laughs> we'll go to the cold north. Uh, Exuant William and the Sandman Part 3 place cold north in a snow house wind blowing drearily discovered children huddled together in a cold room eating fat on chunks of hard dry bread enter william and sandman shivering <laughs> i'm so cold oh so cold and hungry may i get warm and have something to eat eskimo girl <clears throat> Surely, here's some bread and fat for you. F fat? <laughs> I never eat fat. But you must eat fat to keep warm up here. <laughs> Trying to eat some. Oh, I can't. Oh, I can't. Then have some bread. Oh, what do you take to school for 
It is too cold. Our houses are too far apart. How I should love to go to school and learn to read and write. It is so lonesome here. Whom do you play farmer in the dell with? Or London Bridge? We learn to play those games at school. We don't play many games because no one teaches us. And there are not enough children living, living near together. <laughs> Turning to Sandman. This <laughs> would never suit me. All right, then. Let's go south. Part four. <laughs> Time. Same. Instantaneous. Place hot south. Discovered. Children lolling on the ground. Fan fanning themselves. Enter Sandman leading William. Taking off my coat. Woo! I can't, I can't stand this heat. Is it always so hot? Oh, yes. Sometimes hotter. Turning to children. I've brought a boy from a far-off country. He's looking for a place where there are no schools, where he can always play. Will you play with him? A, a DJ, <laughs> radio DJ. What? They're forming. Oh God! This is so children sick. forming, forming a circle and skipping around William as they screech. Doomba, Doomba, Yuki Yay! All we do is sleep and play. Doomba, Doomba, Bookie Bus. We will make you one of us. <laughs> Indoctrinate him. Oh, they're so <laughs> they're so ragged and dirty. I don't want to be one of them. Impatiently. Well, these are children that don't go to school. I can't take you any further. I must go now. <laughs> Exit city. He's leaving me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Do Continuing bah. their dance and song. Do carry, carry William off. <laughs> Bookie bus. Oh, let me go. Let me go. Part four. No, part five. Where I did four. Time, middle of night, place, same as scene one. Discovered William in his bed dreaming. Let me go. Let me go. <laughs> Enter mother and father running. What's the trouble, son? <laughs> He's not concerned at all. <laughs> Mother wakens William. I, what an awful, awful dream. Mother, father, tomorrow I'm going to school. Curtain. <laughs> wow, that is... I think the next play has a better title. <laughs> the next play... A Halloween nutting party. <laughs> That's all we need to know. <laughs> so how about the rubric of power? How that I'm play sorry. make you feel? I, yeah, no. We can't we can't go through the rubric of power without talking about this play. <laughs> this this play that uh, when was it written? 1930. 1930. The the author should know better. The world is not just north, south and far east. What is this? <laughs> And what? It's just all about not wanting to go to school. <laughs> and 
what is this racist <laughs> nonsense of of these children that don't have school and oh it's too cold they also here. don't have fun <laughs> it's too cold here we don't make games because nobody teaches us or it's or the opposite apparently they're lolling around in the hot heat fanning themselves but they're also playing around dancing <laughs> i thought that's what the boy wanted <laughs> but they're dirty so he doesn't apparently, want that yeah, i guess i guess it's it, why was the sandman involved in any of that i guess it, it was the dream, the dream sequence. The whole play was a dream sequence. I, yeah, I think I think the the Sandman is used as morality tales for some reason. To go to school. So first, <laughs> you better sleep and be quiet. Second, Sandman teaches you go to school. You gotta you gotta sleep because if not, the Sandman will rip out your eyes. <laughs> also, if you don't want to go to school, the Sandman's gonna show you that you're wrong. <laughs> And he'll leave you in Africa. <laughs> Which is apparently bad. A bad place, according to this play. Um, and, and the parents just don't care. <laughs> They're like, God damn it, William. You're a piece of shit. You make us sad, William. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Good night, William. I've never been more sad in my life than I am right now speaking to you, William. <laughs> Oh man, what a, what a fun what a fun thing, fun play, <laughs> Very, quite jovial in its nature. You think you think there's people still performing this? <laughs> there better be. It lives on <laughs> a yearly rendition in some <laughs> school in Alabama. That it, it, I, I I would not put it past somebody who to have filmed this and then it's one of those old videos that they still play in schools it's probably in some time capsule somewhere (laughs) so then the rubric of power for dare sandman i guess the problem though before the powers the the problem is is that i i wasn't well prepared throughout this entire season. I think I think what would have been better <laughs> I think what would have been better is if I took better notes, really. If I, you know, prepared before then maybe had a rehearsal. Like maybe we should do like rehearsal recordings. So we spend two hours doing the rehearsal and then we do the real recording afterwards. I think that's how we can improve on things. How I can improve on things. Mm-hmm. Do like a dry run, uh, a read through, like a like a script. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just script just, rehearsal, and then and we do it live, and then we do it live. <laughs> yeah. Like Jay Leno. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I I also the other thing I think went wrong is I I didn't I don't think I was really into it. I I think it's more like if I just. Me thrill. (laughs) 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 All right, all right. Powers. Rubric of power. Um, let me. Where's it? Um, (laughs) what if Sandman had Mithril on? (laughs) Oh God. 
Oh, there it is. Um, so that same website, I, I, I read to you the description of a Sandman entity, also lists its powers. And, I mean, they are numerous. We have something here labeled concept-dependent immortality. Like Freddy. Like Freddy, exactly. In other words, if as long as the concept exists, a Sandman will exist. So, so the fact that we're talking about the concept means that the Sandman is always going to exist because it's out there. Dream embodiment. <laughs> All like Freddy. <laughs> is is the Sandman Freddy? <laughs> Where's Freddy the Sandman? <laughs> yeah. Sleep-based abilities, whatever that means, probably like flying. <laughs> I keep oh. thinking of the Dream Warriors, Freddy, Nightmare on Elm Street, right? the guy in the wheelchair and has, has dream ears. He, he walks. Oh, What a weird, absurd plot. Isn't he also deaf? Or like, where's a hearing aid? Or is that a different... It might be a different kid. I think they're all have some sort they're of all some sort disability. Of, yeah. If you haven't seen any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, you got to go watch them for the body horror stuff. Especially what, the fourth one is called. Um, I can't remember what it's called now. Jeez. Anyway, that one. Is that the new Nightmare? No. No. Oh. No, this is the one that's after the Dream Warriors. It's the one that, the, that's got the famous uh, pizza meatball <laughs> death. Oh, yeah. It's got the Roach Motel one, I believe. Ugh. I think that's the one. Is that New Nightmare? <laughs> no. I, I, oh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking the the that also has the 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 bed, waterbed death scene. Maybe. They like, do multiple bed death scenes in that <laughs> series. Yeah. They're like, the first one went so well with Johnny Depp. We gotta yeah. do it again, but with a waterbed. With a waterbed, yeah. It's uh, I think. The, the sheets come off and, and the guy's like, there's a chick, a naked chick in, under, on the other side of the bed, swimming mm. in the water, beckoning the guy. And then, Into the bed. And he's like, yeah, this this yeah. is correct. Yes. <laughs> That's where she went, in my bed. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, random death or something. Anyway. Yeah, a lot of this this <laughs> this website lists a lot of dream abilities, dream derivation. I don't even know what that is. I'm not gonna click on that to find out. Dream manipulation, dream attacks, dream constructs, dream create. So basically, dream stuff. Everything, dream everything. <laughs> um, mental inducement, subliminal messaging, telepathic pushing. I mean, I figure that if you're in a dream, telepathic. Is, I don't. Know, maybe. Um, yeah, dream stuff, apparently, apparently having dreams with powers that deal with dreams makes you really powerful because I guess you could also like traverse dreams from one sleeping person to another. It's, it's wild. And again, you can dream jump, <laughs> I guess I'm just, I'm just making stuff up now. <laughs> Why not? Like you can, or <laughs> Sandman can no, no. in this Sa- hypothetical. Sa- Sandman. I can't. Okay. I can't. I'm not the Sandman. <laughs> if you kill him, do you become him? <laughs> is there a Sandman clause? I mean, it it is the concept-dependent immortality, so yes. <laughs> yeah. Power is just four. Four all around. 
Ooh, four. Out of gate four. Everything you said. But then pretty much also seems to be undetectable within that regard because she's so stealthy. If he can put you to sleep as well, walk around with his socks, <laughs> his silken socks, uh, not waking people up. He's got to be extremely stealthy. Or does he just float? Does he float through the air? Like in that scary story you told? <laughs> well, he's also throwing sand or milk in your eyes to keep them closed so that you don't see him. He's but got just it all figured too, out. Like, if he can grant dreams and nightmares, what if he just really targeted one person and made their life hell? And just repeatedly showed up and gave them nightmares forever. Their entire life just said, screw you. Like, sometimes when, like, animals will just attack, like, one person. Like that elephant that killed that lady and then attacked her again at the <laughs> at her funeral. What if the Sandman did that, but repeatedly just gave you nightmares every single night forever. And then, like, everyone else around you just gave awesome dreams. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. The Neil Gaiman Sandman has something kind of like that where his sister who's death pretty similar <gasps> like, like Ole Lukoi. Ole Lukoi. yep exactly at some point they make a bet because sam man is like all cynical and he's like if man could live forever he would start he would eventually hate living and whatever and the death is like want to make a bet and he's like sure so she's like all right this dude over here, I'm just not going to come for him ever. And he's immortal. Yeah. And then Sam Manchus becomes his friend visiting him every hundred years or something like that. Just to find out um, if he still loves life. But Does yeah, he? I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> well, um, every single immortality story ever ends with, I hate this. <laughs> Please kill me. <laughs> yeah. But Neil Game is not that type of writer. Oh. <gasps> He diverged? <laughs> he sure did. So you spoiled it by saying he's happy. <laughs> did I, though? <laughs> did I? <laughs> There's also, in the Dare Sandman story, that he lives on the moon. So apparently, like, intergalactic travel wouldn't be, on, be beyond his abilities, if you extrapolate that, I would say. And he doesn't need to breathe air if his nest is on the moon <laughs> with his little beak babies. And he has an S, so that's... An idea of how he reproduces, I guess. Eggs? Does he lay eggs? <laughs> so is the Sandman a real physical being or a dream entity? Both? <laughs> Freddy? Freddy. <laughs> yeah, if you could pull Freddy out from your dreams, I guess that's true. Ole Lakoi has some bomb-ass umbrellas, <laughs> like the penguin from Batman, so that's cool. Yeah. But they the make you sleep or have nightmares, so that's even better. <laughs> he, I, I access to an infi- infinite amount of... Sp- Sand, I would think. <laughs> How much sand does he have to put in everybody's eyes? Or milk. So, originally, I had a 3.8, but I think in discussing this, I'm I'm upping mine to a 4 as well. Because I reread my notes about intergalactic space travel. <laughs> wow. I don't think we have anything else that's done that. Except for maybe brownies. I think we talked about them <laughs> traveling through space. Detectability of Der Samen. Sandman's detectability is mm, how do you say? <laughs> oh no! Remember when I had to do that? <laughs> yeah, it's like we've been saying. He he sprinkles stuff in your eyes so that you're closing them and you can't see them, and then you're in a dream world. You're sleeping. <laughs> so 
I'm assuming if you do see him in your dreams, you can't be sure if that's what he really looks like because he has powers. I'm sure he could shape shift into something else. Yeah, you never know if it's actually him. Yep, because he, it's it's yeah. He has the cover of oh, it's a dream. Yep, stupid idiot. <laughs> stupid idiot. You you just puts everyone down. Buffoon. <laughs> Uh, I just straight up four. Can't detect them. Your first ever four. Mm-hmm. Beyond the other one <laughs> that you gave. <laughs> I mean, that's a high praise for four and detectability for, yep. for you. Yep. She said it would never happen. I, I said if we're talking about it, it means that somebody spotted him. But here, here I go. I'm going back on my word. You also said he could fly, too. And you still gave it a four. Well... You know, that's among other things. <laughs> I'm sure he's also impervious to bullets. <laughs> Can you shoot the Sandman? Does the sand just come out of his body? Like in, in Hellboy? Hellboy. <laughs> when he shoots the assassin? The German assassin? <laughs> Dare Sandman? Dare Sandman? <laughs> like, well, he leaves evidence of his encounter in your eyes. We just never see him. Is Is he taunting us with that? Um, I say so. You're treating him as an aggressive entity. (laughs) (laughs) He's aggressive and like a a jerk at the same time. (laughs) And rude. I gave it a four in detectability as well. How about then the lore of Dare Sandman? I think this is where I found uh, a bit bit lacking. What? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like there's not much lore other than the stories that were mentioned here at first at least we have the sandman ogre creature the sandman uh living on the moon we have mm-hmm. ole lukoye who's going into little boys rooms and doing squirting milk on them for some reason he's got umbrellas <laughs> got umbrellas for, with pictures on breather. them <laughs> he's breathing on their necks Doesn't no personal space <laughs> And then that's pretty much it. From then on, it's just, oh, it's this entity that puts, like, I don't know when it became this streamlined thing where it's like the Sandman just sprinkles uh, sand in your eyes for you to go to sleep. And then that's that. And that's been, I think, the main lore until we come into the modern times where we have a Sandman by Neil Gaiman. We have a Sandman entity in Marvel comics. Played by... Hayden Church, who played Lowell in Wings. Yeah, we have we have a Sandman in the Santa Claus series franchise, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Played um, by Michael Dorn, mm-hmm. who played Worf with <laughs> Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> Full circle. Mm-hmm. So I feel he like he's also in Gargoyles. Jonathan Frakes, you mean the whole damn cast of Next Generation was in Gargoyles. Yeah, it's a good show. Good show. Not much. Uh, not many people talk about it. Anyway, <laughs> this different podcast. I, so yeah, I think, like I said, uh, I think the lore just kind of was static until this, this this new renaissance. I guess you would say. I gave it a two point five. <laughs> what? <laughs> two point five and four. Oh. I'm getting heated. <laughs> not, not just because of the mask. <laughs> because I look like Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> there is literally an idiom 
derived from Der Sandman kommt of <laughs> The Sandman Comes. Uh, the idiom being The Sandman Comes, you look tired. Like your eyes are, are saggy. The Sandman's coming for you because you look so tired. And for an idiom to become an idiom, it has to be a saying for a long while. It's not like Hoffman just wrote this story and then everyone's like repeated the Sandman comes after that. Like it was a buildup, I would imagine, from that. That means that the Sandman had to have been around as an entity that people recognized and understood for it to become an idiom. On top of that, in Dare Sandman, the story indicates that the main character's father, an entity uh, he understood as the Sandman, did alchemical research together and indeed his dad his father dies in out in an alchemical explosion there's an automaton in the story that like people fall in love with and then it gets warned that don't fall in love with these automatons it's weird how various things we looked at in this season were all included in this short story <laughs> involving the sandman but in the hans christian anderson stuff i mean a huge influence in a lot of folklore in the Western world. So I I landed in, in a lore a 3.9. Not a 4, though. No. <laughs> I said, not today, lore. <laughs> not today. <laughs> How about then the cunning of the Sandman? Well, the cunning... Uh, well, the cunning, cunning intelligence is interesting because he is... I guess for all intents and purposes, as smart as a person, mm-hmm. possibly smarter. Because of his immortality. Because of his immortality. <laughs> his wisdom. Like, he, there's no purpose other than from what we've read. All he does is want to, pe- want to put people to sleep. Is that a bad thing? And maybe give them dreams or not. I don't think it's a bad thing. These outliers of, of eating eyes and taking your <laughs> eyes and all that stuff. I don't, I don't know what to make of those, but... There's intelligence involved there, I suppose. He, yeah. ha- he has tools to use to get it that in the form of sand, coarse sands to make you rub your eyes out. <laughs> so the sand hurts so much, a child would rather rub their eyeballs out of their skull than anything else. It's like sandpaper in your eyes. <laughs> but but still, like I don't see like there's to me there's no grander design behind just Putting people to sleep. That's fine. <laughs> I just don't think there's any malice behind any of it. I give it a 3.5. <laughs> 3.5. <laughs> so even the one encyclopedia that called him an ogre, like, I think that's a, a misrepresentation of the figure. It's not like he's freaking Shrek putting sand in people's eyes in in their sandman the story like set up and reveals this the sandman in a pretty cool scenario and there's an argument to be made if the sandman in that story is real or just a manifestation of the character's guilt and unprocessed grief of losing his father it's a neat story and usually i have no interest in like 1800s horror stories because what they found scary back then isn't scary at all but it was a very, uh, like, it was a very good story, and I suggest everyone read it. I mean, the Sandman was, was practicing alchemy, Angel. So we are in the proximity <laughs> of, he could have been creating a homunculus. <laughs> the Ole Lecoy version is basically a god. So there's that, too. So I gave it 
for intelligence a four. <laughs> I guess gods aren't smart enough for you. Some some aren't. Come at me, gods. <laughs> In your sleep. <laughs> How about then the impact on pop culture, our final segment of the season. Oh, boy. If you hated my score for these past two ones, you're going to hate this one. Pop culture. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Just kidding. I give it a four. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up four. I mean... I've already mentioned a few properties that use the Sandman to their fullest, its fullest potential, maybe. We have idioms that you said, even though I've never heard the idiom, personally. <laughs> and but you have heard, now we're deep frying. <laughs> and just, I feel like, I feel like the Sandman is something that everyone has heard. Mm-hmm. Like they, And they know that it has to do with going to sleep like it's just somehow at some point it's ingrained in us because the tooth fairy we've seen it yep we've seen it somewhere or it's or maybe you have family that actually talk about the sandman and uh let us not forget metallica's enter the sandman which is a song about the sandman apparently (laughs) i'm not quite sure the lyrics i looked up the lyrics i'm like uh okay Maybe it almost reads like like the Ole Lukoye version of the Sandman. Did you know that that song was originally written uh, with the concept of SIDS in mind? That is the sudden, sudden infi- infant death syndrome. Oh my yep. god! <laughs> yep. And then the lyrics were rewritten, I think, or reworked, or something like that. Pretty uh, progressive thing to sing about <laughs> in the late eighties or early nineties, whenever that song came out. Yeah, I'm not up to my Metallica. Dates, yeah. Back back when they were like serious about their music making, I guess. Not their Saint Anger fault, their Street Anger, <laughs> whatever the when they really fell off the wagon and I'm, weren't good yeah, anymore. I, I think I think that was the downfall, the start of the downfall. And then there was this uh, the other album I forget what it was called that they uh, released with um, I forget this guy's name, but it's just like spoken word over riffs. It's like so poetry? Bad. Yeah. <laughs> There's one like called the table. <laughs> it's just like him saying the table. <laughs> Ooh, James Hetfield? No, I, I'm trying to. Um, let me see if I can find the guy's name. Oh, God, it is sung by him. <laughs> but who wrote? I, I was under the impression that somebody else had written. Oh, Lou Reed. <laughs> The album's the album is called Lulu in collaboration with Lou Reed from Velvet Underground. And the song just says, "I am the table" over and over again. What's that in reference to? Don't know. It's it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. To bring it back to a classic checkpoint of pop culture, I went to the Untapped app and it told me that there are 213 Sandman beers. Woo! 213. It's high. There's an wow. episode of the Smurfs where the Sandman appears. <laughs> Can you believe that? He helps him. You think he's small? I don't know. <laughs> I never thought. <laughs> is he really tall and like steps on him? <laughs> There's. 
in the 1800s, like newspapers were filled with Sandman poems. It's kind of bizarre. I don't know why there's so many Sandman poems in newspapers. People love the Sandman. I I generally don't understand why it's such a well-known figure. I it eludes me why it has become just a thing. Maybe we should bring that back. Start submitting Sandman poems <laughs> to your local newspapers. <laughs> yes, like a, a check. Uh, like a checkup every once in a while. This is day 812 of my daily submissions of Sandman poems, and they have yet to publish. <laughs> Do newspapers still accept things like that? Always, always read about like how certain like authors that really have written novels usually started off by submitting like a, sh- a story in parts to the newspaper. Do they still do stuff like that? <laughs> Gotta like have a creative help wanted ad, but it's in the form just of a Sandman poem. <laughs> just go to the classifieds, nope. buy a spot, and just be a story. Help wanted, sleep aid, <laughs> and then it's a Sandman poem. Sleep or sleep. what's what's that part like missed encounters or whatever, where people are trying to find somebody that they were interested in, uh, and it's just like you're describing the Sandman. Saw this dude, pale, very pale, very tall. Um, nightcap, <laughs> wearing a nightcap, <laughs> trying to find him again. He sprinkled some sand in my eyes. <laughs> Couldn't see him though. I just saw the nightcap. Sort of looked like Ebenezer Scrooge. Some <laughs> very Dixonian. So I gave it a four in pop culture. What wow. then was your grand total? My grand total was an eighteen. Jesus, I think we're I think we're gonna hit some uh, Santa levels here. And my score was a nineteen point nine. That's crazy. That gives us a score for the Sandman. Their Sandman comped eighteen point nine five. That might be wow. higher than Santa Claus. Nine five. Eighteen point nine five. Wow. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think we have a new champion. We have a new champion. Sandman coming in at 18.95, whereas Santa Claus was just 18.5. Wow. Wow. That's it. Santa Claus has been dethroned after four seasons <laughs> of being the top, the reigning king crazy and now if one of us dies we end on a a new champion also the bard uh predicted it this was the episode to subscribe to <laughs> to start subscribing <laughs> the champion episode it's great and now i will reveal to you the purpose the secret plan of this podcast is that what it was <laughs> <laughs> i think we jumped the cryptid we jumped the cryptid Whoopsies. Once again, I just got to mention that Matt's got a Kelsey Grammar mask on. It's finely detailed. The best I've ever seen. <laughs> the teeth are like <laughs> starting to come out. I'm really sweaty. Like, <laughs> my head hurts. It, this rem- I don't know if I've ever told the story on the show, but when I was in, I think, third or fourth grade, we used to do these Halloween 
like parades everyone would dress up and you'd walk around the school and like all the parents would come out and see all the kids and i was the crypt keeper (laughs) (laughs) and the mask was just this rubber mask and i was walking and walking and i i to this day still recall like i got so hot i i blacked out for a moment walking <laughs> like i remember blacking out but i didn't fall i just I instantly came back to i was like what the hell just happened am i dying <laughs> and so you blacked like, out and you were still walking yes, while blacked out yes. <laughs> think i left my body and, and i just i just remember just keep walking like i gotta keep going i can't fall down the show must go on the crypt keeper has to walk and and then, and then it ended and i didn't die but i feel like that now because this my god it, i am uncomfortable this must be how Kelsey Grammer feels all the time. <laughs> Just wearing that Kelsey Grammer mask. Because that's not really him. Or his face, at least. Well, <laughs> feel free to take off that mask because that's it. We're done. We finished the season. We're done with our goals. We've completed everything. That mask, still, you shed that mask and you become a new you. There's still one thing to say. That's right. One thing that left to say that will seal the deal, and that's Sandman, you've just been cracked. I thought you were going to say Mithril. (laughs) I I already deleted it. (laughs) Mithril. (laughs) I don't know why he sounds so insidious about saying it. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> the funniest thing. <laughs> I can't watch that movie ever again without that that scene making me uh, relive this night. Maybe that's the secret to helping me remember. Um anyway, so <laughs> just reenact a scene unobserved <laughs> amount of times. <laughs> yes. So, uh, we're on the social medias. Is that what the kids are calling it? We're on threads. We're on Instagram. That's all you need to know. And we've got an email. So, if you want to find us, find us on Instagram slash threads. I can't get it off. <laughs> Come on, it's, it's attached to you now. It's, know. it's feeding off of you. Well, 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 Matt here deals with his parasitic mask. <laughs> um, you can follow us on Instagram at Cracking Cryptids. And it's the same one for uh, threads. And if you want to send us an email, it's crackingcryptidsandcurios at gmail.com. We are on every platform possible ever. <laughs> that whole uh, podcast, maybe. Um, but go with your trusted one. Because uh, we're there. And subscribe to us if you haven't already. It's the episode to do it. <laughs> yeah, Bard said so. So come on. What are you waiting for? As always, <laughs> me thrill. <laughs> as light as a feather and as hard as jacket scales. Let me see you put it on. Come on. Oh, <laughs> my old ring. Oh, gosh. I should very much like to hold it again one last time. Did you know that? <laughs> I forget who, 
was auditioning for the Lord of the Rings. Oh man, I just heard the story and I can't remember who it was. Nicolas Cage? No. No, it was a famous actor. It was somebody famous and his agent didn't tell him speaking in a British accent. So he did the scene like in his accent, his regular American accent. And and Peter Jackson was like, "What the hell? <laughs> what is this? Get this garbage out of here." <laughs> Oh man, I wish I I don't even remember where I heard this now. Did I make it up? I don't know. Was it a dream? Did the Sandman, <laughs> Did the Sandman give you this lie? Where was I? I'm not gonna do the scene. <laughs> as, as always, squirt some milk into your eyes and have a good night. I can feel him breathing on my neck. This has been an I am actually traveling back into time production. Ick, ick, yeah, I burn, 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 I can't even say it.